Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. I can probably sit and think of a thousand ways. That was John P. Key. I do worship. I can sit and think of a thousand ways that I love God, like how much I love God, how good um, God is to me, how faithful. I've been through some stuff. And I know we've all been through some stuff, but I've been through some stuff. Like I've been through some stuff. Despite all the stuff that I've been through, my position still is Jesus. Like my position still is Jesus with the weightiness, with the heaviness. My position still is Jesus. Like I'm still positioned in the fact that God is still God. Like that God is still God and Jesus is still my Lord and Savior. And I tried other things. Like I tried to find other things. I tried to connect to other things. I tried to let other things take his place, but my position is still Jesus. Like my position is still God. It's still Jesus. All the losses, like just, I was sitting thinking, um, like a couple years before my husband died, we lost the baby. And then, then after that, his liver went into failure two years after we lost the baby. And then two years after the liver went into failure, he died, right? And then after he died, my grandmother and my aunt died like six months, a little bit of time apart. It wasn't much, it wasn't much apart. And so it was just, it was just crazy. It was like a crazy time in my life. I lost my dog I had had for 12 years. Like, I'm just telling you, like all of this transition, like in a four year period, like a four year period in my life, my family was strained. My older sons were not home. Like, it was just a crazy time. But my position still is Jesus. Like, my position my position still is Jesus. My position still is God. My position is I still love God. My position is God is still faithful. My position still is God is so good. Like, so when people are like, how do you still preach and teach the word of God and get up every morning? You've had so many losses. You've had so many different st- situations occur in your life and I'm like my position is still God like Jesus is still my position Jesus is still the one for me Jesus is still my Lord and Savior no matter the loss no matter the persecution um, no matter the things that have happened my position is still God like I'm firm in that like I'm firm in that I'm firm I'm not wavering in that I don't doubt that he's still a good God he's still a faithful God he's still a loving God he's still my position is still Jesus like my my position, I can't like no matter how I've tried to stray and try other things, I've had to stand steadfast on the fact that he's still God and he's still a good, good God and he still favors Lakeisha and he still loves Lakeisha. And I remember how dark I was when my husband died, like how dark it was for me, um, how overwhelming, how consuming it was for me. Um, I, it just was a crazy time for me. Right. And 
I, and I'm, I'm going to be honest, I did not see this coming. And so I just still can say I'm positioned to trust God and I'm positioned to love God. And I'm just positioned. God is just so amazing. And God is the same today, yesterday. My position is still God. I'm just telling you, my position is still Jesus. I, I don't, I don't care. I don't, I don't care. The, the tragedies have come. I've been in places where I ain't have any money. I'm like, Paul, learn to be content with with or without but my position is still God because this is the thing that I know more than anything he is faithful 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 when I haven't been faithful to myself right when I haven't been faithful to him he has still been faithful he has been so faithful to me he has shown me mercy in so many ways when I know I should have been taken out when I was foolish, when I was caught up in behavior that I wasn't supposed to. It was just, my God, God is so faithful. Like my position is still God. My position is still God. Like I can't, and I'm not talking about like, I'm just saying this, like that's my position for God. I'll live and for God, I'll die. Like for God, I'll live and and for him, I'll die. That's my position. Nothing, nothing else. I don't want my life to reflect anything else. I'm trying to push myself out the way. I really don't want you having absolutely none of Lakeisha. None of Lakeisha. None of Lakeisha because God is it. God is on none. None of me. I don't want you to get any, any out smidgen, any portion of me. I want what you get from me. It's all, all God. Like all God. That's my position this morning. When I was listening to this, Lord, I worship you. And we think worship is about music. And worship is not like just about music. Worship is your life is in obedience to God. And if you had to do a check system this morning, ask yourself, am I really, like I worship God, but am I really in obedience to God? Do I lay my life down daily? Man, that's a big question to ask. Do I really lay my life down daily for Lakeisha or do I lay my life down daily for God? Like, am I making the decision that I'm going to, I, am I making the decision that I'm going to lay my life down for God? Like, it's it. Like, it's it. It's it. For God, I'll live and for God, I'll die. And we'll say that until we get to a place where death is at our door right? Or we have to make decisions to come out of ourselves. Come on now. I don't know. Holy Spirit, talk to us today. Or we have to, we have to make decisions that to give up something we value or we trust, right? Um, our careers, relationships, you'll know where you are, where your position is in God with what you're willing to give up for him. Like for real. Like for real, what are you willing to go without to be in a closer relationship with God? What are you willing? That's what true obedience is. True obedience is sacrifice. It's a sacrificial life to God. It's God, I'm going to obey you no matter what. God, when God, can I just share this with you guys? And hopefully this encourages somebody. And then we're going to get into the word today. When God started asking me 
to give up my career teaching full time. Um, I was in my um, ninth year of teaching when he first asked me and some things had happened. But can I be honest with you? I did not have the faith. I did not have the faith. It was years ago that he started asking me to walk in ministry full time, but I did not have the faith. I couldn't see what God had saw. And so when we had gotten to the position with teaching, God had begun to show me. And I know for a fact, disobedience costs me some stuff. I'm, I can't sit here and tell you that I always just the mercy of God. I Disobedience cost me something. Disobedience delayed some things. Disobedience opened up the door for the enemy to come in in some areas. I know. I know. I know. I know. Because God and I have had some real conversations about when I have cho make a making a choice. Because it's a choice. I've made a choice not to obey him. And so the last time, thank you, Holy Spirit, the last time that I made the decision to walk away from my job was the time that I like, like I knew I ain't have nothing left. Like I ain't have nothing left. Like I really didn't have absolutely anything left. And when God was saying, I'm calling you into full-time ministry, I thought it was still about something else. I did not know I was getting ready to walk in ministry. I thought he just wanted me to focus on my nonprofit organization at that time. But he was calling me to a life of service. That's what ministry is. It isn't puffed up. It isn't about the glory. It's when you accept the call of ministry on your life, you're making a decision that I'm being called into a life of service. I'm being called into a position and a place in which I'm going to serve God with all my heart. And that isn't just this type of ministry. It could be medicine. It could be art. It could be a lawyer. It could be a doctor. It could be all of those things. But when I make this call or this position or this transition into this, I'm saying to God that I'm going to give my life up for you, right? That's the level of service that we hope to get at. And I'm going to be honest with you. I wasn't there. Like I wasn't there. I was thinking that I was provider. I was thinking about all the things and the ways and the stuff that I had to do. And I was thinking about all the kids that we had and all of these other things were at the forefront of my mind instead of thinking about who God really was and how God provides and how God cares for us. And so when we choose a life of service or when we choose that we're going to obey, we're going to lay down, that is the ultimate form of worship. That I'm going to lay my life down, that I'm going to make a decision, God, that I, you're going to be more to me than anything else, than any circumstance, than any situation, that you're going to be more. And I'm going to really lay down myself. And can now, okay, the Holy Spirit told me not to say that, so I won't say that. So that's a different position. That's a that's a different position. That's a different grace you got to walk in. And it took me three times to answer him. It took me three times to say yes to him. And at the moment that I said yes, it was because I had nothing left. I'm just going to be honest. And it shouldn't have even took that. But at the moment that I really said yes, it was because I had nothing left. My husband was gone. All the plans that we had put together, like all the things that we had said we were going to do together, all of that was gone. All of that was absent, right? And so since he was gone and all that was absent, 
I, I don't, I don't, I felt like, I don't know. I felt like I had enough. I felt like I was in a position or a place where it was either choose God's will for my life or continue to ramble or continue to look successful, but not really be successful or continue to look like I was working kingdom, but not really working kingdom. Not really working kingdom, not really working the kingdom of God, not really in the presence of God, not really um, um, in fellowship with God, but not really in partnership with God. And now that I am growing in grace and growing in maturity, um, and maturity in God, I'm understanding that my partnership and my devotion and my relationship with God looks way different way different than what it looked like before looks way it does not look anything like it and I've always been in church I've always been a church girl and I've always served at some capacity but my devotion and my relationship with God changed once I said the big yes and really began to submit myself because when we make that decision to submit myself ourselves to him what we're saying is I'm gonna let you work out all the crooked places I'm not going to resist you. I'm not going to withhold from you. I'm going to submit to God. And then I'm going to make a decision to resist the devil. Because that's what the scripture says. I'm going to submit to God. And then I'm going to make a make the decision to resist the devil. And then I'm it's, he's going to flee. He's going to get out of my life. And so that that that's... That's the journey. That's part of the process. And so we got to ask ourselves, how far am I really, really willing to go with God? Not in, I, I'm, I'm very like, when, can I, I can't say that. When people use a lot of words, like a lot of words about their relationship and about where their stance is, and they don't, and, and it ain't, it's just a whole lot of words. I'm always scared and the reason that i'm always scared is because i've been there before and a lot of words make us look real good right but there's emptiness in our words so i want to share a word with you today right can we pray can we lift up the name of jesus and i want to share a word with you and i want to give you this is a teaching lesson today so i want to give you make sure you got your pen make sure you got your books make sure you got what you need so that you can chew on this so we've been talking about being justified the justice of god we started in romans 5 1 and 2 and then it's led to so many other places right and so this morning is another piece of this we talked about genesis yesterday we talked about the fall right right we talked about the fall and so we're going to get into some more and chew on some things that personally i was looking at this morning and i was like oh my gosh right because we live in a very different society and we live in a very different culture and um god is not double-minded and god is not unstable and uh god is not false and he's not a god that he shall lie and he is not a god of chaos and he is uh he's an excellent god he's a god of excellent standards he's not going to call you to do something or have you do something and it's not of excellent standards and he's a god of peace and he does make war but when he makes war he's making war on the enemies and he's a god of love and he's omnipotent he knows he's omniscient he's everywhere he knows everything god is real consistent in his behavior 
God is real consistent. God is real. God is real consistent. You need to know that God is real consistent in his behavior. People may not be consistent, but God is always. God is always God. He's just, right? He's a God of wrath. He is. He is. God is always God. God has proven himself to be God in every circumstance, in every situation. And when I was sharing with you some of my testimony early, I'm saying to you without a doubt that God is still God. <laughs> like that God is still God. That's why I said I still choose him, right? Even when I've had to have, be chastised, even when I've had to, like God is still God. And so this is a teaching lesson this morning. He is Jackie. He's very consistent. God is very consistent. Consistency is one of my needs in relationships, right? Consistency is important for me. Um, it, it's, it's, God is consistent. God is not schizophrenic. God is not bipolar. God is not on with you today and off tomorrow. He is still God. He is God. He remains the same. He remains the same. He is faithful. Even when we are not faithful, he loves us, right? He loves us no matter what, right? There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. That's what the word of God tells us. He operates in truth. He operates in character. He is, operates in integrity. And so anytime my personality is not in truth and character and integrity, then I know I'm not operating in God. I know I'm not operating in God. I know that I'm operating in myself. And so I have to be careful. We all have to be careful if we're going to be representatives of God, that we're operating in the character and the nature of God. And that looks very different. Like that looks very, that looks like a very different circumstance or situation operating in the character and integrity and nature of God. So we have been on this journey, right? We have been on this journey of learning how to um, understand the justice of God. And before we really understand God's justice, we need to understand sin and our fallen nature because you will not appreciate the justice of God until you understand how he feels about sin. You won't, you, you, you won't, you, you won't. You won't understand his justice. You don't. You won't understand that when Jesus died, I was turned returned to my original state, and how I was turned to my returned to my original state was because of my fallen nature. You really won't appreciate God's justice if you don't understand how He feel about sin. If you really don't understand how he feels about sin, if you really don't understand what happened in the garden, if you really don't feel like how he hates sin, you'll never really appreciate his justice, which will leave you in a consistent sin state or not be conscious of the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to bring you to the place that he needs to bring you to because you you don't you don't like you don't understand so let me pray and then we'll get there. I get so excited to teach these things. Father God, I just thank you for your people this morning. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for your justice. I thank you for your peace. I thank you for your love. I thank you this morning that we become anchored in you, that we will not lean in the direction of our own understanding, Lord God, that, but that we will lean into the direction of your word, Lord God, that the Holy Spirit is our comforter, our advocator, our teacher. He knows all, sees all. He knows the very heart of God. He knows the very essence of God. So we thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the resurrecting power. We thank you for your justice. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your peace. We thank you for your love. We thank you, Father God, that we are anchored in your truth and that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear, Lord God. Let us 
understand your resurrecting power in Jesus. Let us take the scales off our eyes, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that you are making our hardened places in our heart tender, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that we are overwhelmed by your truth this morning and that the truth we get, the little bit of truth, the truth we get today, Lord God, that we chew on it, that we digest it, that we grow in it, Lord God. Awaken our dead places. Awaken our dead places. Awaken everything in us, Lord God, that is sleep so that we may obey you, so that we may serve you, Lord God. We thank you for supplying all our needs according to your riches and glory. We thank you, Lord God, for just partnership and covenant partnership and relationship with you, Lord God. We just thank you, Father God, for your mercy and your grace, Father God. And we thank you that we know you to be healer. And we thank you, Father God, for a fresh anointing and a fresh wind blowing today. We thank you, Lord God, that we will rightly divide the word of God. We ain't going to make up no truth. We stand strong in who Jesus is, my God, and we are comforted by, comforted by the Holy Spirit today. Anchor us in your word. You are a sovereign God. You are a mighty God. You are a loving God. You are a kind God. You are the God that supplies all our needs. And we thank you, Lord God. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you for the daily supply of our bread. Thank you for giving us our daily portion. Thank you, Lord God, for being kind, just, and fair, even when we deserve it. Lord God, we ask you for brand new mercies today. My God, I thank you. I bless you. I praise you. I magnify you. I glorify you. I lift up the name of Jesus, and I say thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, so for those of you who haven't been here or those of you that are new to the devotional, welcome. I'm Lakeisha M. Johnson, a.k.a. L.M.J. And this is Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. And we are so glad you're here. We are so happy you are here. If you want to know more about the ministry, log on to the website, LakeishaMJohnson.com. Come and you can get connected to us and you can find out more about us and the call on our life and what we do and how we serve our community. I always say we are a full service. We are a full service community. We have a problem if you need it. We got devotionals for kids. We got small groups. We are a full service ministry. So we're happy to serve you. We're getting ready to get in the word. We've been talking about the justice or being justified. We started with Rome. Romans 5, 1 and 2, with the Lord saying to us, you're justified in Christ Jesus, right? We haven't even got past the first or the second verse because it took us into a direction of understanding more about the justice of God. And like I told you, for you to understand his justice, you're going to have to understand how sin impacts your relationship with God. And most of us, if most of us will be real, 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 nobody really taught us. Like we were told, you don't sin, don't sin, don't sin. But nobody really, really, really brought us into a reality of how is my sin really impacting my relationship with God. Nobody told us that this was God's character and nature and it was immutable. His character never changed. Like even though God may show us favor and even though God may show us mercy and even though God may show us grace, his his the facets of God, the attributes of God, the nature of God never changes. It it never it never changes. He may be just in some areas, he may show mercy, he may show grace, but that's his nature. That's a part of the court system. That's a part of the kingdom system. And so, 
that's why we have to get more familiar with the names of God and the nature of God so that we understand how he works in our life. So we understand him as being, being numero uno, so that we understand him as being king of kings and the great I am and Lord of lords and the one that provides for us and the one that protects us and the one that keeps us. Psalms 91 was not just, it was a psalm, it was a song to God. It was saying, look, I know you protect me. I know you got me, but I also know I've got to stay in the secret place. So let's talk a little bit about how sin, sin, when sin entered the world through Adam and Eve, um, death came to all people, right? And this was not a nice death. This wasn't a nice death. See, we were really created to live for eternity. Like we really, 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 really were created to live for eternity, right? Oh, glory to God, Tamika. That's it. Glory to God. I've still been praying for you. Glory to God. And so we were really called, created to live for eternity. So therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way, death came to all people because we sinned. That's Romans 5 and 12, right? So the effects of the fall was numerous. The effects of the fall was continuous. And sin, come on, we got to be real. Sin has affected every aspect of our being. Um... And it has affected our lives on earth. It has affected our destiny. It has even affected our purpose. Like it's affected our purpose. So one of the most immediate falls or the immediate thing that happened was mankind was separated from God. See, we used to walk in a closer relationship with God. That's why the scripture says sin separates us from God, right? So we used to walk in a closer relationship with God. Um, Adam and Eve, Eve had perfect communion with God. Like they were in perfect communion. They walked with God. They hung out with God. Um, but when they rebelled against him, our fellowship was broken, right? When God, if we go back to the, the beginning and God is like, um, I'm going to make a man in my image. That's what he was saying. He was like, look, he, he saw all that he did and all that he did was good. He was like, oh my gosh, all that I did is good. It's good. It's good. And, and then he said, 15, this says the Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely, this is Genesis 1 15, you may freely eat of every fruit of the tree in the garden, except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat this fruit, you are sure to die. Then the Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Mind y'all, single folks, it's not good for you to be alone. Stop saying I'm good by myself. God didn't make you and intend for you to be by yourself. He made you and intended for you to be in a covenant marriage. Stop forcing marriage, right? So that you can receive the marriage that God has for you. You ain't got to force it. I don't want you to force it. But 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 be able to receive the marriage. God, God got a marriage for you. He didn't intend for you to be alone. Man, he didn't intend for you to be alone, bruh. You ain't supposed to be by yourself. There's a mate. He has a helper created for you that's uniquely designed just for you. And she'll, yeah, man, y'all will match and meet needs, right? It's match and meet needs. It's very difficult to walk in purpose when they're sin. We're going to talk about that too. So, I said, then the Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground, all the wild animals, all the birds of the sky, right? And then he made man. So then the Lord caused man to fall asleep. He made the woman bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. So when God made him, he said, I'm making man in my image, right? So moral injustice is inside of us. It really, really is. But when sin, when sin came in, this separated us from him and Adam and Eve had to know there was some problem with this sin or they never would have hid, right? But their eyes were open. Sin opened, 
There's so much to be taught, to taught here. Sin. Sin opens our eyes. Sin brings us into a place. Um, sin reveals things inside of us. Sin, sin is crafty. Sin is crafty, right? And, and so they hid from him. And man has been hiding from God ever since, right? Man has been hiding from God ever since. Like, hey, we have. Like, I don't know what that's about. Like, God sees everything. And I know that's crafty. I know that's how crafty the enemy is. The enemy wants us in a position and a place where we hide from God because he knows if we hide from God, we are not opened. We are not open to receive our justification. We are not open to receive our righteousness and we hide from God in so many ways. Like we hide from God in sin. We hide from God in sin. We hide from God in alcohol. We hide from God in relationships. We hide from God and become overworked. Like we have all of these other vices. And remember all of my ladies that were on ladies Bible study, I taught you what a vice was, right? We, it is not good for us to confess. Oh my God, that's my vice. And vice is immoral and sin and wicked. So we're not supposed to have vices, but most of us hide ourselves and our vices, we do. And so I, so, so we hide ourselves in our vices. And so only through Christ Jesus is the relationship or the fellowship going to be restored. And because in him, we are made as righteous and sinless in God's eyes. He was the sacrifice. In the old day, they, they had to have bulls and goats and the priests had to go in the temple. And I remember I gave you the scripture, 1 Corinthians, and I think it's 2 and 14 when I told you, you're not going to be able to discern this in your natural man. You, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not. You're going to have to ask the Holy Spirit. I need you to show me this because nobody ever taught me this. Nobody ever explained all this to me. I just thought you go to church, you get baptized, you love Jesus. And that was the end of it. And there's a whole kingdom system. There's a whole kingdom system to God. There's a whole level of, there's a whole system we're supposed to function in. So so they hid from him. And then when they hid from him, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. That's second Corinthians five and 22, right? Yeah. It, it, we, we run, we run when we're scared, right? We run when we scared because we don't really understand kingdom. We don't understand the nature of God. You, sh you, the fear of the Lord is not the same. Like when you fear, um, when you are, if I do this, I'm going to get caught. The relationship becomes different and it looks different. And the fear of the Lord is out of reference. The fear of the Lord is because Lord, God, I don't want to disappoint you. It's not so much as the punishment. If I'm so punishment driven, then I don't really understand the justice and the righteousness of God. Right. And so because of the fall, death became a reality. All creation, man, woman, animal, everybody is subjected to this. Romans 8 and 22 says all creation, the whole creation groans because of what happened. And we were waiting on Christ's returns, right? So Romans 6 and 23 says, for the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, the Lord. That's Romans 6 and 23, right? So we're still, we not only die, but if we die without Christ, then we're going to experience an eternal death. And it's real. Like it's real. It's real. It's real. It's real. It's real. It's real. The eternal death is real. The eternal death is real. That's why when people say all paths lead to God, there is only one path to God and that's through Jesus. 
That is all there is on to this God, to the God we serve. There's only one path and there is Jesus. And so, so we have to understand it. So the next part of this is when we sin is we lose sight of our purpose. This is the thing that I want you to get today and understand today. When we are hiding from God, we lose sight of our purpose, right? It, it, we lose sight of our purpose. We do. We lose sight of our purpose um, for which we were created. And our ultimate purpose, like this is some of the notes that I wrote today. The fall made us lose proper sight of the purpose for which we were created. That's why a lot of times um, when we're saying, oh, there's no purpose. There is purpose. You do have, I don't understand. God doesn't have a purpose for me. God does have a purpose for you. But the reason most of us do not understand our purpose in God is because we're not seated in a place of true worship for him to open the eyes of our understanding and reveal to us our purpose in him like and reveal to us this is your purpose this is what I've called you to do right we're not sitting we're not sat and sat down as my grandmother used to say we're not sitting still enough we keep making up our purpose we keep guessing at our purpose and here's the thing that I love about sin sin will keep you from walking into your purpose I told my test I told my testimony when God called me into to ministry, I was like, you this this <laughs> you the Satan was trying to fight me. Like Satan was trying to fight me with every bit of my past. He was like, you know all the stuff you've done, you know all the places you've been, you know how much you messed up. He was coming, he was putting out, you know, you tattooed up, you know, you used to kick it like this. Like Satan was pulling out, and he was giving a list. Of all the things that I had done, trying to blind me and keep me from walking in my purpose. That's what sin does. It makes us lose, lose sight of our purpose. Our chief and highest purpose. Do you know what your chief and highest purpose is? Do you know what your chief, your chief and highest purpose is to glorify God and enjoy him forever? So that's a pause. That's a note. My God, if my chief purpose is to glorify you, and enjoy you forever. Does my life align with this? Does my life align here? Am I glorifying you? Are you getting the glory out of my life? Am I doing the things, God, that you've asked me to do? Or am I caught up in my own zone? Like you gotta ask that. Like you gotta, you gotta be open to ask that. Because when you're not open to ask that, that's when you're hiding from God right? When you won't go to God with the deep questions, when you won't go to God with the, um, when you won't go to God with the deep questions, when you won't go to God with the deep, the deepness, when you won't open your heart for him to search the deep things in your heart, because remember out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, but out of the abundance of the heart is also where our deep seated belief system is. And so if God is really our whole heart or God has our heart or God is in our heart, then we live according to that. We do what's in our heart right? We do, we lay down our lives. We do what we do, what's in our heart. And so in that we loosen our only, our highest purpose in life is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And so the question has to, I have to ask myself is, am I doing things for your glory? Like, am I doing things for your glory as the life I'm living for your glory? Or am I just rambling? Am I hiding in other things instead of coming to the end of myself 
so that you can be glorified in absolutely every way. Like, can you be glorified in my marriage? Can you be glorified in me raising my kids? Are you glorified? Am, am, I, am I walking in the career path and choice that and design that you have for me? So that's our chief and highest purpose in life, to glorify and to 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 enjoy God forever. Let me give you a few scriptures to back this up. Romans 11 and 36. For, for from him and through him and to him are all things, right? That's powerful within itself. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. First Corinthians 6 and 20. For you were bought with a price. You were bought with a price. When you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body, right? Glorify God in your body. That's good. First Corinthians 10 and 31. That's a good weight loss scripture you can use. If you're struggling with weight loss, right? First Corinthians 6 and 20, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. First Corinthians 10 and 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Whatever you got going on should be done to the glory of God. I love God. And then Psalms 86 and 9. All the nations you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. So to love God is the core of all our morality and goodness, period. To love God is a part of all our morality and goodness. Here's the opposite. Here's, here's what we need to know is the opposite of that. If we're not loving God to the core with all our morality and goodness, then I'm choosing myself to be supreme. I'm choosing to be a lover of myself more than anything. And so what does it look like when I'm a lover of myself? It means I'm I'm selfish. And selfishness is the essence of the fall. Everything that happened in the fall had to do with selfishness. It had to do with selfishness and selfishness and what follows are and what happens after that is all the other crimes against God. Like all the other things. Remember, if we go over to Proverbs, it talks about um, a lion tongue. It talks about haughtiness. It talks about killing. Um, it talks about all of that in Proverbs 6. And so all of those other things fall and always sin is turning upon myself. That's what sin is. Sin is I'm going to rely upon myself. Sin is I'm going to rely on my qualities. I'm going to rely on my accomplishment. Sin is I'm going to call attention to myself. I think I wrote a devotional a long time ago, our selfies making us selfish. And God has really been dealing with me about what I post, right? Uh, and whether or not what I'm, what, what I'm posting or what I'm doing is this for his glory is this for my glory. And so it's had me conviction, it convicted. It had it's had me um being more careful about the things that I share and the things that I put out. I'm not perfect at it yet, but it's had me more mindful of what I'm displaying, right? And so when we are selfish, we're calling attention to ourselves. We're calling attention to our good qualities. We call attention to our accomplishments. But what also happens in that is we, we minimize our shortcomings. And when we minimize our shortcomings, when we exalt ourselves, remember ladies, ladies Bible study, we talked about being prideful and the haughtiness, right? And what pride is, pride is a personality. Pride takes on a persona, 
right? Pride is pride leads the way. It goes before us, right? And if it goes before us, there's always going to be destruction left behind it. Haughtiness, there's always going to be a fall that comes after it, right? So when we call, when we're relying upon ourselves, we minimize our shortcomings, um, we seek special favors. Um, we deal with our, we have our own vigilance. We're vigilant in our wants, our needs. We're not asking God about his wants or his needs. We ignore the needs of others, right? Philippians t tells us above all things, consider everybody else, right? Above all things, I need you to consider above everybody else. And so when we place ourselves upon the throne, God ain't on the throne. When we place ourselves on the throne, God is not on the throne. We are on the throne. And so remember we talked about we talked the other day about we work too hard, right? When 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 we do that, God is not on the throne. So when Adam so we're in God's role for ourselves when God is like, I'm there's only one true God. Like there's only one, there's only one true God. So when Adam chose to rebel, he lost his innocence. And a lot of times when we choose to rebel, we lose our innocence. Like we lose our innocence. We lose our ability to be led. Remember yesterday when I shared what the Lord was saying to us about Psalms, speaking to us through Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want the Lord leads you. The Lord desires to shepherd you. Your sinful nature will tell you, you don't need to be shepherded. Your sinful nature will tell you, go on and do whatever you feel like doing. Your sinful nature will tell you, put place yourself above everybody else, right? And so that, that's what we've been experiencing. So Paul said of pagans, since they do not think it's worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to a depraved or a reprobate mind. That's Romans 1 and 28, right? And so when we remember we talked about what the mind of god was if you haven't been here the mind of god is empty we went to the mind of christ the mind of christ is empty emptied out before god the mind of christ is humbled before god and the mind of christ someone who's operating in the mind of christ is obedient before god and so when we are in such a our sin state or in our own nature or living according to our own plan or according, then we're creating our own light and it has nothing to do with the glory of God, right? And so we've been in darkness. Most of us have been in some dark places. Most of us have lived like that. That's why I'm so compassionate <laughs> about people because I know how jacked up I was. I, I, I was, I was. And even though I grew up in a, um religion that taught me to be condemning my experience with god has been so different like my experience with god has been so different when i understood his conviction and how the holy spirit brings me to conviction it looks it looks um totally different like that looks it looks totally different and so my compassion for people change right my ministry for people change my way to deliver the gospel changed um i'm gonna deliver it in truth always but my love and my heart for people because i begin to realize man that person is just really in a dark place and you remember what it was like to be in a dark place and you remember what it was like to be lost and you remember what it was like to be selfish and you know the places that you still fight with Right. You know, the places that you feel still fight with, you know, the places in which God is still not getting the glory out of your life. Right. And so I'm like, that just has given me more compassion for people. Right. So 
When we fail, remember, I need to share this. This is, we're going to wrap this up. When we fail, our consciences became seared, right? And so the things that we need to be conscious towards our righteousness, the things we need to be conscious towards the kingdom things that we need to be mindful of, we're missing because our conscience was seared. First Timothy 4 and 2 says, through the insincerity of liars whose consciousness are seared when we when the fall happened our conscience was seared and the only way that we get back to truth most of us will reject truth romans 1 and 21 for although they knew god they did not honor him as god or give thanks to him but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened right and and in this state, in the fallen state, without Jesus, right? Without Jesus, without the divine grace, right? The sinful mind is really against God. Our sinful nature is really against God. That's why you got to understand. This is why, this is why you understand, you're going to appreciate the gut justice more because your sinful nature is really against God. It does not sit, submit to God, nor will it. It will not. That's why you fight strongholds. That's why there are things that you have not been getting rid of, been able to get rid of because the mind that's set on the flesh is hostile to God. And you're like, oh, I can't fight. I can't seem to fight this. Well, you're not supposed to fight it. Jesus has to fight it for you. Like you have to understand the holiness of who Jesus Christ is or you'll continue and be in the same cycles again and again. You'll begin, you'll be cyclic. You'll, you'll, you can't, you'll be cyclic because you don't really understand your righteousness. You don't really understand what Jesus did for you. And you'll keep trying to wage war of sin on your own. And I love sin. Sin is crafty. You'll just become more entangled. And yep, there's some decisions you have to make. But you're going to have to rely on. There were some things that cycled back in my life that it was not until. Until I understood my righteousness and holiness that I was able to break out of these cycles. And the reason I was able to break out of these cycles is because I was spending more time in my word and I was coming into revelation of who God was. And then the decision to honor him was easy. I don't remember when I stopped cussing. I'm, can I be real? I don't remember when I stopped cussing. I just stopped cussing one day. Like I don't, I don't remember. And I didn't use a whole lot of cuss words, but I don't remember the more time that I became familiar with his character, his nature, his laws, his precepts, his kingdom. One day I woke up and I just wasn't cussing no more. I, I wasn't cussing. Like I, I, I didn't use a cuss word. I can't remember the last time I have. And it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to stop cussing 30 days. I'm going to stop cussing my, my relationship. And I fell in love with him, right? I have to, I fell in love with him. And the more that I spent and fell in love with him, the more that I begin to walk in a relationship with him. But the mind set on the flesh is hostile. So if my mind is not set on the word of God, I'm not going to submit to God's law. I can't, right? If I don't know what the word says, I can't, I'm not going to be able to, right? And I'm just going to be honest with you. You cannot do this without the Holy Spirit. That is why when they were sitting at the table at the Last Supper, that he simply said this to him. He said, look, I got to go. This is what Jesus said. He said, I got to go. I'm getting ready to leave. I got to go. This is me paraphrasing it. I'm getting ready to go. I got to go. But there's one that's coming after me. And he's a comforter. He's a teacher. And so you're not. Oh, I had to do something. I'm sorry. You're not, uh, you're not led. You're not led. You're going to have to do this with the Holy Spirit. Like you're not going to be able to do this 
without the generation of regeneration of the Holy Spirit. You're not. You're not. You're not. You're going to need the regeneration of the Holy Spirit. You're going to have to have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the only one going to help you. That's why you can't be fearful of the Holy Spirit. That's why you got to get more knowledge about the Holy Spirit, right? You got to understand more about who the Holy Spirit is. You got to understand more about what the Holy Spirit says. You got to do that. You got to understand that in his grace and mercy and loving kindness, God sent his son to die on the cross and take the penalty of our sin, right? And reconciling us to God and the way that we are being reconciled with God is through Christ Jesus. That That's the way, that's the way, that's the way, that's the way, that's the way. The way that we are being reconciled to God is through Christ Jesus. That's the only way. And so whatever we lost at the fall, reclaim the cross. Does that help? Does that make more sense? Is this helping you understand why you need the justice of God? Is this helping you understand more about the character of God? So God can't create you for purpose. God's not going to let you be born and, and then you die without purpose. And people are like, what about babies that are born? I can't explain all of those. I can't explain about sudden deaths. I can't explain about accidents. I can't explain about coronavirus. I can't explain about all that. But what I can explain to you, what is the truth in this, which is going to be led to you by the Holy Spirit. That's why it's important for you to be open to the Holy Spirit. Like you got to be open. Holy Spirit, help me with this. I'm not going to be able to grasp this. I'm not going to be able to understand this. I'm not going to be able to walk in this without you. I need to know. Jesus, I need to really understand why Jesus died on the cross for me. I don't need to be just like, oh, Jesus died on the cross. What I'm saying? No, he died because God loved me so much. He died because God had a perfect plan for his people, for his humanity, humility, but be based on the kingdom of God and the nature of God and the governance structure of God. When I sin or when Adam Eve and Eve sin, it had to be punished. Sin has to be punished. That's God's law. That's God's nature. So when we get mercy, baby, when you get mercy, when we get mercy, when me, when we get mercy, when we get mercy, you need to understand, you don't need to pimp mercy. You don't need to, you don't need to think, you don't need to take mercy lightly, right? You, when you got mercy, like when you get mercy, you need to be like Jesus. When you don't get what you deserve, baby, when you don't get what you deserve, when you do not get what you deserve, you should be celebrating. You should be grateful and you should be a little bit more humble. <laughs> like you should be a little bit because all sin separates us from God. And according to the kingdom, all sin actually deserves punishment. All sin. All sin, all sin deserves punishment. So when we don't get the punishment we deserve, come on now, that's grace, that's mercy, and that's because the blood, and that's because the Holy Spirit is probably advocating on my, my behalf. Oh, don't let nobody around here make you think sin doesn't deserve or get punishment. That is not the nature of the wrath of God. He, he doesn't, that is not, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. All sin, every sin. So if you've been in a sinful state, and I've been there before, and just because something hasn't happened or happened, God is probably, I remember one time that God said to me, he was like, uh, I was I was just in a space, and he was like, uh, oh, okay, you ain't got no more times. You ain't got no more chances. Like those were his exact words. You ain't got no more chances. You ain't got no more chances. You ain't got, you ain't got like not, you ain't got another chance. 
to to keep living like this. And I was like, oh. And when he said it to me, it scared. It scared me. It scared me. Because I know when God says to me, I ain't got no more chances, I ain't got no more chances. And a lot of times we take God's goodness and his mercy for granted. We take it for granted. We take it for granted. And so when we get his grace, his grace came through Christ Jesus. And when he extends us mercy and we don't get punishment, that's baby for lying. When you don't have to go to jail for taxes, you've been lying on your taxes all these years and you ain't got to go to jail for taxes. <laughs> and there's mercy there. It may be some consequences. It may be some consequences. But when there's mercy there, like when you've been involved in relationships that didn't honor God and it didn't end up in a certain way, right? Yes, Xavier, that's exactly when the hiding begins again. That's good. Those are cycles. Those, those are things that's broken. Isn't that good? That's good. That's good. That's good. That's something to chew on today. Hope you had your pen. Hope you had your pencils. Hope you had your word. You was getting your scriptures in. My God, that's unmet. Come on now. That just, I'm just telling you. That grace and mercy, you ought to be every day. If you don't celebrate God for nothing else, grace and mercy, grace and mercy, grace and mercy. Lord, thank you. Thank you. I be looking at stuff sometimes being like, Jesus, this is, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because this could have been so worse. This, this could have been so, so worse. So when you ask God to forgive you for your sins, for real, for real this time, when you're like, God, forgive me for my sins, what you're asking him for was, is, is to extend mercy to you. You're saying, Lord, I need mercy. I need mercy. I need, I need some mercy. That's what you're asking him for. And because he loves you so much, he's going to extend mercy or there may be some correction. There may be some correction. I've had to experience the correction of God before God has had to me. And the only way we don't understand correction is our heart is not received and it's not condemnation. I know the difference now between condemnation and conviction. When God talks to you about something, he doesn't keep, he's not badgering you. That is not how he does. He brings you to the light of it. He shows it to you in your word. He says to you, I don't want you to do this no more. I don't want you living like this. This isn't for my glory. This isn't according to your, my, your purpose, right? When our ears and our heart is open to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes in and says, look, you need to check that out. That which you have going on is not according to the rhythm of God. That is not according to the kingdom. And so many of us have been living life outside of kingdom. We don't really even understand the heart of God. And the only person to reveal to us the mystery of the heart of God is the Holy Spirit. That's it. Ain't that big? Man, that's a lot to chew on. I told you it was a teaching lesson, right? I told you it was a teaching lesson. We all do need to repent. You should be repenting every night before you go to bed. You should be asking the Lord, Lord, show me anything in my heart that does not line up with your will, right? And when we quench the Holy Spirit, that's a form of hiding from God, right? Yeah, Vanessa, he does. He always gives you enough information to choose. He always brings you to this devotional or he always brings you to someone who gives you enough information to choose. You better be asking him for mercy every day. Lord, I need your mercy. I need some fresh mercy. I need some fresh grace, right? Because Lakeisha's sin nature will drag this up, right? Lord, search. I always ask, Lord, search the deep places of my heart because there are things in my heart that has been hidden, that's in offense, right? There are things in my heart that are um, 
because of culture, we'll be involved in stuff, doing stuff for years, not even knowing we're operating in witchcraft or soothsaying or anything else. I'm just telling you. It's a lot to this, but guess what? We're going to take our time and we're going to chew it up and we're going to do it as a family and we're going to grow in grace and we're going to grow in love. I love this. I love how God is growing us in grace and giving us revelation and giving more word for us to chew on. I love this. Like, I love this. And I'm seeing the evidence of God. I'm seeing the power of God. And I'm seeing the reality, God. And I'm seeing the truth of God. And I'm receiving the love of God, right? Yeah, yeah, Constance. Yeah, is this for your glory of God, right? This is, is this for his glory, right? What is this for? And you got to begin to ask God that. So I need to do th two things. And I want us to make sure we make a fresh commitment. To, thank you, Holy Spirit. We're going to make a fresh commitment to God today. Today, we're going to make a fresh commitment. We're going to make a decision that we're going to open our hearts to God, even though it may be difficult, even though it may be overwhelming, even though it may consume me. We're going to make a fresh commitment. You know what, God? I'm going to make a fresh commitment to you in Jesus' name. I'm going to commit myself to you on this altar today. Some of you need to do that today. I'm, I'm going to make a fresh commitment, Lord God. I'm going to make a fresh commitment to honor you. I'm going to make a fresh commitment to love you. I'm going to make a fresh commitment to be in relationship with you. I'm going to make a fresh commitment to serve you. And you know how you're going to do that? You're going to do that through Jesus. And so you're going to ask Jesus, Jesus, I I need you to give me your holiness. Jesus, I need you to help me understand my relationship with God. And then you're going to invite the Holy Spirit right on in. And for those of you that have never been saved, you're going to start with acknowledging, you know what? I'm a sinner and I need a savior. I'm a sinner in need of a savior. And Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. And then you're going to confess out your mouth. I'm making you today, Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior of my life. And then you're going to get connected to a good ministry. I would love to be able to disciple you, right? We would love to be able to disciple you. But let's make this fresh commitment today because we don't know what tomorrow brings. We don't. We don't know what the next hour, what the next minute brings. And we need revelation and we need fresh revelation so that it can manifest in our life and we can live according to kingdom and we can fellowship with God always and God can get the glory out of our life and we can enjoy God. Can I leave you with this? It's very hard to enjoy God when you're living in sin because you'll have the wrong image of God, right? It's very hard to enjoy the fullness of God. People say, why are you so happy? And I'm like, why do you have so much joy? And it's like, because I enjoy God and anything that I gave up for him is well worth it. Anything that I gave up for God is well worth it. Anything, anything that I lost, any friendship, any relationship I lost, anything that has happened in that, anything that me, that it cost me was so well worth it. This was, you know how they talk about, oh, you got to compromise when you get in a relationship with. This was the best relationship for me to compromise in. This was the best, best relationship for me to compromise in. Now, do me one more favor. Can you go get connected to the website? Can you subscribe to the devotional? Can you go subscribe to the YouTube channel? And will you do me one more favor? If this ministry has been a blessing, will you consider sowing a seed? Will you consider becoming a monthly partner with us? We would love to help you partner with us. Your partnership helps us reach goals of worldwide evangelism, right? Help us to feed those in need. Help us to take care of widow. Help us to take care of the poor. Will you do that? Will you consider becoming a monthly partner with us? We're going to drop all the ways. You can go to the website. You can go to the cash app. You can mail us 
but we would love for you to become a partner with us. I love y'all. Can we pray? Can we pray this out? Father God, we receive your word today. We receive a fresh anointing. My God, we may have fell from grace, but we are restored in Jesus. We thank you for your honesty. We thank you for your character. We thank you for your integrity. And we thank you for your love for us. My God, I thank you that the ministering angels are encamped around us and no weapon formed against us shall prosper. I thank you, Lord God, that this word is deeply planted inside of us so that we understand your justice and we understand your commitment and your love for us. We love you, Daddy God. We bless you. We praise you. We magnify you. We love you, Daddy God. We thank you, Father God. Today, we are anchored in a little bit more truth. Please remove anything or anyone in our lives that does not glorify you. We thank you. You are healer. We thank you. You are provider. We thank you. You are protector. We thank you. You are our peace. We thank you, Father God, for the mind of Christ, Father God. And we thank you, Father God, that we are living in your will. And we thank you, Father God, that justice is served and is served in our favor. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you y'all so much. I love you so, so much, but more than anything, God loves you. I promise you, God does. He loves you so much. He sent his son into this world to die for you so that you could have life and have a life more abundantly. Jesus said, I didn't come to kill, steal, and destroy. That's not me. So I need you to do me a favor. There's something we say for all of y'all, those that knew. I try to end the devotional every day. I need you to go be loved today. I need someone else to experience the love of God. You may be the only witness. You may be the only witness. I need you to go be love today. I do. I do. Why? Because it's kingdom, baby. It's kingdom, baby. See you back here in the morning at 5 a.m. Love y'all so much. Love, peace, and blessings. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com today.